It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, welcome everybody to Pushing the Limits. Thank you for joining us on a Wednesday. Glad you could be with us. And uh, we got some great guests lined up for you today. Actually went to the Aviators game last night. uh, Opening night for the Las Vegas Aviators at Summerlin Ballpark. What a beautiful night and beautiful day to watch some baseball. And how about those Aviators defeating the Reno Aces? I almost said the Las Vegas Aces, but no, they did not defeat a WNBA basketball team last night. They beat the Aces uh, 3-2. Fun game, uh, fun to see baseball back. And of course, uh, you know, we have these elections uh, coming up and we got a couple great candidates in studio for you. We're also going to have Dennis Silvers, also known as the golf guru, talking about what to me is probably the biggest sports story in in on the entire planet right now, which is Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is going to be competing in the Masters golf tournament this week. And... You know, the fact that he's even playing professional golf again is incredible. So the golf guru, Dennis Silvers, will be joining us in hour number two. Also, coming up at the bottom of the hour, William Doc Walls. Uh, he's running for governor in the great state of Nevada. He's going to be joining us in studio. He also ran for mayor of Chicago, which I just found out. I wasn't even aware of that, so he'll be joining us in a little bit. But joining us in studio right now, her name is uh, Eva Chase. She's running for Nevada lieutenant governor. Certainly an interesting story, and uh, I met her a few days ago at the event that I hosted, which was the Veterans Trends in Politics event, and uh, Eva joins us in studio right now. Eva, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I am well. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet you the other day, and I uh, welcome any any candidate, really, uh, to come in studio and, and to share their thoughts and their opinions. doesn't mean we're going to always agree on everything, but I did agree a lot of what you said the other day, and I, you sounded to me, at least, to be a very reasonable candidate. So why don't you tell the listeners, starting off, just a little bit about yourself and why you decided to throw your hat in the ring, so to speak, uh, to be the next uh, Nevada lieutenant governor. I'll be glad to do so. Well, a real quick hello to two friends I met yesterday on, on Tropicana on the bus coming home to Faith and Karen. Hello. Thank you for the conversation we had about veterans issues. Thank you for tuning in. A little bit about myself. I've been in Vegas for almost 15 years, and I work for MGM Resorts for almost 13 years. I, kinda, I guess what kind of makes me unique but really isn't as unique as you might think, is that I am a transgender. Mm -hmm. And I transitioned in March of 2019, and I've gone through everything you can think of through my transition. Now I am truly who I am. Mm -hmm. And through this transition, I learned just the plight of folks like myself uh, as far as acceptance goes and for for their rights as American citizens. And I also am originally from Pensacola, Florida, and I have five beautiful cats. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. So let me be very clear on this. I think you probably already know this about me, Uh but I've always been the type of person I think anybody should be able to do whatever they want to their bodies so long Mm -hmm. as it's legal. It's not my business. You have the right to do whatever you want. I don't have a problem with it at all. I am, you know, pro-transgender. I, I mm-hmm. think you should be able to do whatever you want. Uh, the gay community, which is another topic, but uh, you know, I've, I've always been 
pro all those people. And, and, and I think we should treat everybody as equals. I don't care what you do to your body. I was so against Donald Trump when he, you know, the, the, the transgender rules where you can't serve this country honorably. I could care less what you do with your body. If you're willing to serve this country honorably, I don't care. Do you feel like there are Republicans on the right, some that maybe even some of your opponents that are anti what you've done to your body? Definitely. I have encountered that through my transition. And if you look just at the bills that have been passed through Republican states against the transgender community, Mm -hmm. that it's very obvious what they what their feelings are. And. I see these bills passed every day. Like in Florida, the don't say gay bill. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, and I agree with you 150%. Can you explain this to me? Because while I, if I look at myself in the mirror, I'm not always happy with what I see, right? I would like to lose a little bit of weight. <laughs> I would like more hair on my head. But yeah. we're talking about something completely different here, right? You are not – what is it like, the struggle? I don't imagine it's a struggle. To not be comfortable in your own body and say, listen, I am not comfortable with being a man. I want to be a woman. I would imagine that is a not only an extremely difficult decision to make, but I would imagine for years you struggled with that, right? This isn't something that just overnight you just made a decision, right? No, this was – this went back to when when I was born in 1959. I'll give you a quick, quick synopsis on it. Doctor told my mom that I would be – a girl, I came out with obviously something different. Right. And I knew when I was 13 years old that I was a woman on the inside. Really? And I knew through whole out my entire life, I kept wondering, why am I thinking this? Why do I want to wear that? Why do I want to do this? And then I realized, you're not who you truly are. Right. On the inside, you're a woman. Right. And you need to correct that. So Mm -hmm. I have. So let's talk a little bit about some of the issues that the Mm -hmm. transgender community uh, and and this country are facing just in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And this has been a very hot topic, talking about Leah Thomas, the swimmer. And Leah Thomas, the swimmer, uh, born a man, hasn't transitioned with the, the surgeries that you've gone through, but still identifies himself now as a woman competes at the division one college level now as a woman against other women now i've taken the side of you can do whatever you want to your body but i do think it's an unfair advantage if you're born a man competing against women in organized sports at this the division one college level now she is and i'm happy to call him her i'm I'm gonna be respectful but she has won all these events now competing against other women a lot of people including myself feel like it's it's, it's an unfair advantage. So I want to get your thought on that as a transgender woman. Do you believe that someone born a man transitioned to a woman should be allowed to compete against other women? What are your thoughts on that? I believe that someone that, is trans, that has transitioned, that's the key. They have transitioned that they should be able to. But for a man that identifies as a woman but has done nothing to transition – I don't think so. It's not fair to the women that are competing. Now, I know people say, well, that's not fair. You're not being consistent. I believe that if you're truly going to 
identify as a woman, you want to compete as a woman, you better live as a woman. Mm -hmm. You go all the way. You don't halfway do something. Mm -hmm. You have to have the true conviction in your heart to pursue it. So what would you make of Jenner? Uh, Because Mm. she hasn't had the entire surgery, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Upper body, yes, but Mm -hmm. not lower body, if you know what I'm saying. So what do you make of that and that situation? Well, with, with her, I got asked this question when I was recovering from my second surgery. I'll just mm-hmm. leave it at there. Mm-hmm. And a gentleman asked me, he said, well, what do you think of Caitlyn Jenner? And I said, she's still a woman because she identifies as a woman. But if she chooses not to go through with a second surgery, mm-hmm. I still view her as a woman. Right. Because she lives as a woman, she identifies as a woman, and she functions as a woman. Yeah. So let's rewind yes. 30 or 40 years ago. Okay. If Jenner had had the same thing done 30 or 40 years ago, do you think it would have been fair for Jenner to compete against other women in the Olympics? No. Why do you say that? Because when it comes to the Olympics, mm-hmm. you have... They're not co-ed events. They are set up for male and female events. And I think that's the only fair way to do that. And right. if there's one that's better, uh, there's a woman that's a great player, then or sure. yeah, let them compete. Fair enough. Obviously, there's a lot more important topics to discuss. You're running, right. you're running for Nevada uh, lieutenant governor. Uh, but I do want to ask you a little bit about this don't say gay bill. And I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of Republicans out there that say I'm mischaracterizing it when I say don't say gay. Basically, what it means is if you're kindergarten through third grade in Florida, and DeSantis is the one that passed this thing, uh, can't talk about gay, can't talk about anything involving transgenders or sex or anything. For example, if a second grader or a third grader raises their hand to the teacher and say, teacher, what does being gay mean? Teacher can't even respond at all. I think it's ridiculous. While I do believe there should be parameters and you shouldn't be explicit with young children, I think if a child asks a question, you should be able to answer it in a very fair, like-minded way. Uh, And I feel like this is discriminatory against uh, the gay community and the transgender community. What do you say? I agree. Because any child, whether they're in the first, second, third grade, they're going to be curious. Sure. And, And if someone... If I were a school teacher and someone asked me, Miss Eva, what does transgender mean? Yeah. I would tell them honestly, it's someone that identifies as a gender other than themselves at biological birth. Can you answer this for me, Eva? Because it's, it appears to me, and you tell me if I'm wrong, that for the most part, Democrats are pro equality, they're pro transgender, you know, do what you want. Uh, they're they're pro gay marriage. Uh, it seems like for the most part the Democratic Party has always been that way, and it feels to me the Republican Party has not. For the most part, a lot of people who are Republicans are anti gay marriage. Don't say anything about transgender. The don't say gay bill, that sort of thing. Why do you think that is? And is, do you think that's a fair characterization? Yes, it is. Because first of all, the reason why they do it, they feel threatened. It's all about power in this country. And Republicans know they don't have the majority of people behind them when it comes to their policies and their views. Mm -hmm. So they legislate in such a way to try to suppress those views from the new 
population that is different than our grandfather, our grandfather, our grandparents' world. Mm-hmm. It's, th- it's a different world now. They can't mm-hmm. accept a new world. And so, yes, I think they're definitely anti-anything that is not yeah. their and, I, and let me, I don't want to mischaracterize. I mean, there are plenty of Republicans out there I know that are all for the transgender community. There are some out there that are that are okay with gay marriage. Not everyone is like that, but it just seems like a lot of people that are in power, that are in office, are not. Uh, what do you make of a guy like Mike Pence, right, our former vice president? His wife, yeah, I know. Listen, I think he's a moron. But I want to ask you, here's a guy, his wife works at a school that does not allow gay people to go to school there or to work there. Mike Pence has been anti-gay marriage, and, and, and in my personal opinion, homophobic his whole life this idea of this alt-right christianity stuff as if jesus christ would say treat them differently because they're not like you it's the opposite of what jesus said right according to everything that i've heard but yet mike pence and and some of these alt-right christians they want to talk about how being gay is such a sin and trans being transgender is such a sin and then i look at mike pence and, and the person that he uh What's the word I could even use uh, for Mike Pence? The person uh, that he was the vice president to, who he kissed his ass for four years and continues to, by the way. What do you make of a guy like Mike Pence? I think he's such a hypocrite, and maybe he's the guy that should come out of the closet. I don't know. I mean that in all seriousness. Isn't it? Don't, am I wrong in saying that? It seems like some of the people that are so homophobic are usually people that are gay themselves, in some cases anyway. You hit the nail on the head because – my opinion of Mike Pence is that he's a phony. He's nothing but a hypocrite and someone he's a he's afraid of facing who people really are. And his wife not I remember when that story came out about about the children in the school, the right. charter school. I think that was wrong because Mike Pence I have no respect for. All he did for the four years he was in office was bow down and kiss the ring. And he didn't do – I don't agree with any of his policies. And as a voter, if if he were ever to run, I wouldn't vote for him to go out and cut my grass. Yeah, well, I'm with you 100% on that one. I'm not much of a Mike Pence fan. It's incredible too, isn't it? Uh, you know, let's talk about January 6th for a moment. Um you know, something that wasn't brought up the other day. What a shocker. Uh, a bunch <laughs> of Republicans. And nobody wants to talk about January 6th, but they'll take every opportunity to attack Black Lives Matter. Uh-huh. Let's talk about January 6th. There were people that were yelling, hang Mike Pence there, uh-huh. right? 140 officers were injured that day. People died that day. Uh-huh. And and for the Republicans out there, because you'll never hear an independent or a Democrat say this, but to Republicans that say Donald Trump had nothing to do with it, I asked them this very question, Eva. I asked them, if Donald Trump didn't spread the lie, that Joe Biden cheated and the Democrats cheated and Joe Biden wasn't a free and fair elected president. If Donald Trump didn't utter those words for months before, does January 6th happen? Now, obviously, to any semi-intelligent person, the answer is no. So how is Donald Trump not responsible for what took place on January 6th? I guess that's my question to you. He was responsible. He incited the whole thing. He's the head of the snake. And unfortunately, he's getting away with it. And as far as hanging Mike Pence goes, I might disagree with Mike Pence politically and what his views are on letting people be who they truly are. But he was the vice president at the time. And whether you agree with the president or vice president, 
you have to respect the office, mm-hmm. even though you don't like the person and you want them voted out as quickly as possible. Right. It's the office. You have to respect the office. And if you don't respect the office, mm-hmm. we're not going to have a, a good good country. Let's talk about that word respect for a moment and mm-hmm. some of the people that are in office right now. Um, I'll mention some Democrats also, but I'm going to mm-hmm. start with Republicans. Jim Jordan, as I like to call him, Gymnasium Jordan, who enabled uh, sexual predators when he was a wrestling coach. There's no question about that. I've interviewed some of them uh, who told me uh, what went down, and I believe them. People like Matt Gates, who most likely allegedly had sex with underage girls through Venmo. Uh, I look at people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who uh, compare putting a mask on to Nazi Germany, uh, who believe that Jews are pointing lasers and starting forest fires in California. I mean, uh, Lauren Boebert is another one who I just call trash. She's just complete trash, in my personal opinion. What do you make of the – and these are the faces of the Republican Party, whether people want to admit it or not. These are the people that have a huge platform. I didn't even mention Donald Trump. uh, I'm just talking about the people that are in office right now. What do you make of some of these people and and, and the radical ideology that they share? They are so far off based. They need to be in a loony bin. (laughs) And their problem is very simple. They have a base, a hardcore, right-wing, conservative base that they're playing up to. Now, I have more intelligence in my little finger than Marjorie Taylor Greene has in her whole body. I agree. She's very stupid. <laughs> and Matt Gates, he was involved in that scandal. And just recently I found out this morning that Governor, De- Governor, De- I say Governor Disastrous in Florida. Death Santis is what Death I call Santis, him. Death Santis, yeah. yes. <laughs> he is withholding documents from one of the people that worked, that worked with Matt Gates mm-hmm. concerning this very case. So DeSantis is involved in it somehow. But that's another discussion. Why am I not surprised? Day. Why yes. am I not surprised? I just I just feel like I don't know how these people get in office. I really don't. Listen, I'm not a fan of Ilhan Omar. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. I believe they are corrupt as well. I think Ilhan Omar is very misinformed when it comes to the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. I don't agree with her views there. Now, she hasn't gone as far as to say or do some of the things that some of those other people that I mentioned on the right. However, she's made some borderline anti-Semitic remarks. She's apologized for those remarks. She understands that she was wrong. It doesn't seem like anybody on the right when they make extreme comments like that. I want to play you one extreme comment that was made today, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Tom Cotton. Uh, Tom Cotton, uh, obviously, is somebody on the right. He is somebody who has been against uh, voting in Jackson to the Supreme Court. Now, I want to play for you right now an audio clip of Tom Cotton and what he said about Jackson in the House chambers yesterday. Have a listen to this. So if you guys oppose this law... That- no, that's the wrong one. Uh, so we're going to be playing Tom Cotton, the comment that he made um, in regards to uh, Jackson, if we have that one. Do we have that one available, Numbchuck? We do not. Okay. Our, our computer has frozen up, so I apologize. Anyway, I will paraphrase what Tom Cotton said. Tom Cotton basically said that Jackson wouldn't prosecute Nazis. He made that statement verbatim on the House floor yesterday. I don't know if you heard that statement. This woman, Jackson, has dedicated her entire life as a civil servant. And for a Republican, 
in my opinion, a racist Mm -hmm. to go after her like that and to say she wouldn't prosecute Nazis, people who murdered Jews and other people because of their religion. What do you make of someone on the right making a statement like that? That is just too extreme for what we need in the United States. Consider where he comes from. He comes from Arkansas. And nothing against Arkansas, but a lot of the Republican base, I kind of say this, they're not exactly the sharpest tool in the shed. So they they prey on the uneducated. Mm -hmm. I know I'm being too blunt but that's how no I but feel. you're right you're right i and, think yeah. i think that's donald trump's base I'm, and yes. no way shape or form am i saying that everybody who voted for donald trump is uneducated i'm not saying that but donald trump even admitted that himself i mean yes. that's his base he takes advantage in my personal opinion and some republicans take advantage of uneducated mm-hmm. people that don't understand the issues for example i'll give you a perfect example when donald trump preached that he won the election in a landslide and it was stolen from him he got hundreds of millions of dollars in campaign contributions because he claimed he was going to use it to fight voter fraud. Out of that 300 or so million dollars that was donated to him, he used about three or four million on on voter fraud. By the way, his his attorneys were one in 61 in the courtroom. Um, And he was able to keep 80% of that money for his own personal bank account. Uh, By the way, won't release his tax returns, so we don't know what's going on there. What do you make of that? I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars in campaign contributions... I personally believe Donald Trump himself knows he didn't win the election. He knows that the election wasn't stolen. But he continues on this narrative so he can continue to get funds and gain support if he runs again. That's my opinion. With Donald Trump, he said when he was running in 2016 that he would be the only president to make money as a president. And he's made millions of dollars. For those folks that have donated to him because he claims he lost the election, he's a con man. I used to work at a store that sold Trump steaks. We never sold a single one. (laughs) Good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. You know, there's a lot of hateful people out there, and there's a lot of really good people out there. But to the hateful people out there, have you ever run into anybody in the last several years since your surgery that refuses to call you a woman? Have you run into people that will call you sir and will not call you ma'am? Um, I would imagine you've probably had a few people over the course of the last several years that have done that. Have you run into that? And how do you how do you handle that situation? That has happened. When I first started, I went to a Holland Oats concert at Caesars. Oh, hopefully, I won't get in trouble for advertising. A, a <laughs> no, casino. that's okay. I, I like Caesars. And it was three weeks after I first started. Yep. No, no treatments, no surgeries or anything. And this man walked up to me and he looked me up and down. He said, are you a dude or a chick? And I just stood there. And his girlfriend said, oh, be nice. She looks beautiful no matter what. And I said, thank you. And then I walked away struggling in the new heel that I was trying to walk in. You know what I would have said to that guy? I would have said, none of your effing business, you, you piece of garbage. But I'm glad yes. you handled that better than me. Uh, it's none of their business, first of all. Right. Um, what a hateful, stupid thing to say. Uh, and if I'm that woman that is married or a girlfriend to that guy, I would be really embarrassed that I'm alongside somebody that is so ignorant and so stupid. Um, do, you, do you find like you get looks, you get people looking at you differently since your surgery? Yes. There's uh, some people that have known me for years, Mm -hmm. a lot of my coworkers. And when I first 
decided to do this, one of my coworkers, I came to work wearing a wig, and he and he looked at me and said, "What's the wig for?" <laughs> and I said, "I'm Eva. Nice to meet you." And I'd worked with him for like eight or nine years. What was his reaction? He had this look of like, well. I guess I could say this on radio without getting in trouble. Yeah. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, for the record, I could wear a wig because I don't have much hair, but I, but I, but I don't. Um, I guess you're always going to get those types of people, right, that mm-hmm. are going to give you looks and stuff. It, to me, it's the same thing as if someone was burned badly in a fire or something mm-hmm. and, and they've had surgery and then you're going to get a look there. Or if someone's you know, missing their legs in war or something and mm-hmm. you're going to get looks there and – there's always going to be people that are going to look, and then there's going to be the normal people, as I like to call them, that don't care, that accept you for who you are. We're all different human beings, and it doesn't matter what you look like. I mean, that's mm-hmm. as I've grown older, that's always been you know, my personal opinion. doesn't mean you have to uh, agree, or it does, doesn't mean you have to uh, – you know, we're all attracted to different people, and we all, we all like different things, and that's what makes uh, you know, this country great. But I just don't like it, and I think I speak for most people when people are discriminated against. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing, though, with the gay community, in my personal opinion. Let people live their lives. You know, I have so many people that I've spoken to that think being gay is a choice. Now, maybe in some certain situations it is, but I would like to think, you know, as you said, you knew when you were 13 years old, you were not comfortable in a man's body. You wanted to be a woman, you're a woman. And I talked to people that knew when they were five or six years old that they were gay, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's if some people seem to think that it's just you woke up one morning and said, hmm, you know what? I think I want to be a woman. Like it's that type of easy decision because people are so stupid. Or somebody woke up one morning and said, you know what? I've been attracted to women my whole life. Let's try men. Let me just give that a shot. I mean, to me, it's just so dumb. And I get frustrated at people like that. How do you talk to people like that that think that way? It's difficult. But all you can do is emphasize what makes you happy as an individual. And you don't, most of the time now, you don't have to explain to people your actions. You don't live for other people. You live to make, to sound selfish. You have to be happy when you look in the mirror. You've got to like what you see. Unfortunately, I don't. But that's another okay. story. That's another story for another show, and that's yes. partially my fault because my diet is based on Butterfingers and Coca Cola. Okay. Uh, but 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 it, but I know I was making a bad joke. But I know what you're trying okay. to say, though. You well, have I'm to be a, happy okay. with who you are, and you have to do the things that make you happy, right? Exactly. Well, sure. To encounter in, in on your bad joke, <laughs> as uh, Bart Simpson would say. Uh, don't mess with my something about don't mess with my butterfinger. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But you know, those are obviously. But you're you're so right. In what you said. It's like a woman that gets cosmetic surgery. Now, I might not be into it. Some men like that. Some men don't. Mm-hmm. But I say to the woman, get it done for you. If you're getting it done for you and not your husband or your boyfriend, and it makes you happy, then do it. Then do it. Now, I think it's sad when some people make the decisions of getting things done to make their uh, significant other happy. I think that's ridiculous. But if you do it for yourself and it makes you more confident and it makes you a happier person, I am all for it, man. It's your body. Do whatever you want. You know what's so interesting? And we'll get into this on the other side. Uh, but you know these Republicans that say my body, my choice when it comes to the vaccines. And I respond. I say, OK, fine. 
If that's how you feel, no problem. But then what is your take on abortion? Oh, no, that's completely different. No, it's not. If you say my body, my choice, then how is it? Anyway, uh, we can get into it on the other side. But anyway, uh, she is uh, Eva Chase. She's running for Nevada lieutenant governor. She's going to stick around, nice enough to stick around for another segment. And then coming up next as well, we're going to have William Doc Walls in studio. If you don't know who William is, he is running for governor in the great state of Nevada. He also ran for mayor of Chicago. So I'm going to talk to him a little bit about that as well. Eva's going to stick around. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. <laughs> Interesting choice of music for the rejoin. Welcome back. That's Numchuck's fault, by the way. That's not my fault. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits right here on a Wednesday. So glad that you could join us. By the way, I want to tell you guys about my good friend, Brian Slipbock, Jackson's Bar and Grill, which is located on Flamingo and Jones. Uh, Great atmosphere, great bartenders, great gaming bar, great food. Here's the best part about it. You walk in there, you mention my name and the name of this show. Sign up for a player's card. You get $10 free slot play right off the bat. How cool is that? And by the way, this month they have a pretty cool promotion. For every 200 points played, you earn one virtual ticket into the drum, a chance to win a $100 gas card every Thursday in April. How cool is that? Please check out my friends, Jackson's Bar and Grill. They are awesome. Tell them I sent you. And uh, I go there all the time. I was there the other day. By the way, I hit a couple jackpots. I don't want to brag. I hit a couple taxable jackpots. Anyway, welcome back to the show. We have uh, Eva Chase in studio running for Nevada Lieutenant Governor. And I also had the opportunity to meet uh, this guy a few days ago who's running for governor. It was the pleasure, uh, William Doc Walls, who's running for governor. Uh, he ran. He was only the second person black to ever run for governor uh, in the great state of Illinois. And he also ran for mayor of Chicago. So also uh, knows Barack Obama very well, uh, William Doc Walls. Mr. Walls, I appreciate you being here. How are you? Just call me Doc. It's a pleasure to be here. I can call you Doc. That's, that's cool. That's cool. I, I can do that. Uh, do all right, Doc. So this is for Doc and. Eva. Doc was on the stage because he was part of this debate or discussion, whatever you want to call it, the other day that I moderated. So he's up there on stage with all these other people running for governor. It must have been like what? What do you think, Doc? 12 or 12 13? people. Yeah, yeah. And somebody, I know who it was, it was the same, um, I'm going to call her a nut job because that's just what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. who asked the question, do you think Donald Trump won the election? <laughs> that's what she asked these candidates. Right. More than half the candidates said, yes. You were you, you're obviously a logical person. You said yes. no. So this is what I said right after you were there when this happened. I want to play this audio. I'm just going to make a brief statement as the job of a moderator is not my job to ask questions. And it's also not my job to be opinionated. But I believe it is my job to separate fact from fiction. The facts are Joe Biden is the president of the United States, and there's absolutely no evidence of widespread voting fraud. That is not your role. That is not your role. All right, so you get it. There's more yelling going on for another oh, minute or so. Yeah. What is going through your mind when that was happening? I thought it was insane. You know, <laughs> the truth is. The election was free and fair, and 62 courts have looked at that election, and not one of them has found a reason to overturn it. So I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm thankful that you stood up because that's our goal. That's our responsibility to speak truth to power. And I believe it's my job as a moderator. If someone says the earth is flat, no, I'm sorry. The earth is not flat. It's round. So if Kyrie Irving was running for office, I would probably interject. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, the <laughs> other thing is it was broadcast on Facebook, so right. you have a responsibility to give a disclaimer. 
Exactly. And you did that. Right, right. Eva, do you agree with that as well? I mean, do you agree with that sentiment that it's my job to separate fact from fiction? Exactly. You're in a very important position, and you are a someone that people listen to daily, and your message is important. Mm-hmm. And the truth has to be out there, whether right. you like it or not. Yeah. So definitely keep on doing what you're doing. Well, I try to. Anyway, Stavros Anthony is coming in studio tomorrow. That's going to be very interesting because he believes Trump won the election. But that'll that'll be an interesting one. Should I bring boxing gloves? I don't know. What do do you make, uh, Doc, of the Republican Party and where it is today? I I was talking to Eva about this, about the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, the Jim Jordans, the Matt Gates Mm -hmm. of the world. You've been involved in politics for a very long time. I feel like there's more extremes on the right than than certainly in my lifetime. People that not only believe Trump won the election in a landslide, a lot of people that believe COVID was created by Democrats as a hoax. I mean, you know, wearing a mask is is comparing to Nazi Germany. What do you make of where we're at politically right now? Because like I said, you've been doing this a long time. Very interesting. You know, if you go to my website, wallsforgov.com, you'll see a picture of me at the steps of Air Force One with Ronald Reagan when he came to Chicago. And back then, you had bipartisanship, and it was sensible. And people agreed and disagreed based upon the issues. But people weren't stuck as sheeple in one line or the other line. Mm -hmm. So we have to get past that. That's one of the reasons I'm in this race, because someone has to speak truth to power. Someone has to tell the absolute truth before those lies take root. So Mm -hmm. in the primary, I can address those issues like critical race theory, which doesn't exist. Exactly. Can we talk about that? Absolutely. Uh, I'm so glad he brought that because I didn't bring that up with you either. Mm -hmm. They bring up critical race theory, the Republicans. It's not being taught in our schools. Maybe at the college level, there's a few professors. Why do they? It's a lie that there's the critical race theory is not being. Are there maybe one or two wackadoodle teachers out there? Perhaps. Yeah. But. They make it like it's being taught in all of our schools. Where are they getting this from? It's not a part of a curriculum anywhere. As a matter of fact, I graduated law school back in 1986, and there was no critical race theory being taught back then, even as a theory. So it's a waste of time. The truth is America has its problems, and we can't hide from that. Mm -hmm. I want to ask both of you about this. Eva, I'll start with you. Governor Sisolak, I have my criticisms of him. But I think he's a decent man. Mm-hmm. He's made some very difficult decisions, not because they were politically good for him, but because he listened to uh, professionals, health professionals, closing down the strip. Listen, I think there were inconsistencies. I didn't like it when he shut down the bars, but he allowed casinos to be open. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a big mistake. And he's going to come on this show. I've talked to his people. I'm going to ask him that. But as a whole, the idea that Republicans want to make it out to be that he woke up one morning and said, I know how I could remain in power and people are going to like me. I'm just going to shut down all businesses is absurd. But yet Republicans make that argument. What What are your criticisms? That's my opinion of Sislak. What are your criticisms, uh, things he's done well, things he hasn't done well, in your opinion? I think that Governor Sisolak has done the best he can under the situation he was in. I just had a conversation on the way here with my Lyft driver, and he asked me about Governor Sisolak. And I think I told him, I said, under the situation, he did the best he could because right. we were in a major major issue with with right global the pandemic. pandemic sure and your job as a public official is first and foremost public safety right and then you worry about policy afterwards so i think he's done a good job considering mm-hmm. has he been perfect no but he's much better 
than the alternative on any of the other side. I don't disagree with you. Doc, what would you say? No, I'd say the same thing. You know, the bottom line is Governor Sisolak came in at a very tough time. He inherited a mess, and then the pandemic jumped in on him on top of that. If you remember, it was Trump that first closed down government, Uh and then states had to make decisions, governors had to make decisions based upon what the science said. People were dying in record numbers from the pandemic. So we can't forget that. We can't excuse. Four to 5,000 a day. At That's one point. right. Yeah. I mean, those are big numbers. And mm-hmm. those are our family members and our friends. So I would rather we shut it down. The problem with Nevada was we're totally dependent upon casinos and mining and automobile manufacturers and those kinds uh-huh. of things. So our economy is not diversified. That's something that we have to address going forward. Mm-hmm. But no. He's made mistakes, when, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of things like education. He has to make, any governor has to make a greater commitment to education because we cannot be 49th or 50th Agreed. in the nation. Listen, the facts are the facts. And That's you're, right. You're absolutely right. I yeah. think we need to, and I talked about this yesterday, Cheryl Mendenhall was in, in studio yesterday. Her A big part of her campaign is about education. Mm-hmm. Uh, really bad. And, yeah. and I don't blame Democrats or Republicans for right. that. Uh, what I blame is, uh, yeah, certainly you have to blame the top and, and a better commitment to education. we got to pay our teachers more money. Yeah. Certainly parenting is a big part of it as well. I want to talk about race Relations. I haven't really brought that up yet. And I want to start with you. Obviously, in mm-hmm. Chicago, the, lot, the high limits of black on black crime. However, I get frustrated when we talk about gun safety and gun control mm-hmm. and weapons. Uh, it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. Anybody could use a weapon. Um, and Republicans want to bring up black on black crime. And I say, OK, that's one issue. Right. right. But when you look at a lot of these and in no way, shape or form, I said, yes, black people are committing bad crimes as well. But last I checked, the October 1 shooter was not black. Right. Most of these mass shootings are, and again, I don't want to make color out of this, but most of these mass shootings are not committed by black men or black women. Right. Um, let's talk about that and how it relates to race. And why do you think so many Republicans, whenever you talk about gun safety, they want to talk about Chicago and black on black crime? That's interesting, because if you look at statistics, white on white crime is just as high as black on black crime. Per capita? Is that how it is? Per capita. I believe that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But as a moniker, it sounds good. It raises capital for for politicians. And people get a thrill out of that. Just saying that they know something that needs to be corrected and saying that it's uncorrectable because certain people Mm -hmm. have an inherent flaw in their character. Mm -hmm. That's not the truth. Mm -hmm. You have good people and bad people of all races. The bottom line is we need to get better control of our public safety services. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you have to do is establish irreproachable public safety services, not only in terms of the policies, practices, procedures, equipment, mm-hmm. training, deployment, response time, and overall mm-hmm. performance, but also in terms of making certain that our police and fire department understand that their second job is customer service. Right. You have to establish a relationship with the people that you are serving and protecting. I agree. And once you do that, you have a relationship that can develop into a proactive relationship. So you have violence interrupters who can inform the police when there are things that are happening. And that helps to prevent a lot of crime. Agree. I want to ask both of you this question. Eva, I'll start with you. Whenever somebody brings up January 6th, it seems like Republicans just don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Or if they do talk about it, they immediately talk about Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. and, and all the atrocities. First of all, Tens of millions. I just want to give out the facts here. Uh, luckily, I'm not at that. Uh, I'm not moderating yeah, yeah, at that, that at that event where people are going to yell at me that are delusional. But anyway, tens of millions of people. I'm sure you will both agree. Protested peacefully. Mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter protests around the country. Were there a small minority of people that committed crimes? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No reasonable person would condone that. 
tens of millions of people. But when people talk about Republicans, talk about January 6th, they want to paint the picture of it was just a tourist visit. Mm-hmm. Now, the overwhelming majority of people on January 6th that were there are not criminals, right? There were mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of people that didn't commit crimes. But they want to paint the picture of all Black Lives Matter people are bad, but yet January 6th was nothing. Uh, do you agree with that? It's just To me, it's so hypocritical. The assault on the Capitol on 1-6 was one of the worst history, one worst things in American mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. And it was instigated by Donald Trump and the folks that defend it today, people like Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Mo Brooks is another one. Mm-hmm. He wore a flak jacket that day. Mm. And he hadn't worn. He never wore a flak jacket. Yeah. Makes he him knew, really tough. Real he tough knew guy. something was going on. He knew yeah. ahead of time. And when when Trump came out and said, "Follow me to the Capitol," he did say that. And then he and, left, like the coward he, he is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I believe that every Republican that's coming up for elections and midterms need to be held accountable and be voted out for not stepping up and. De- decrying yeah. this attack on our democracy. Agree, period. agree. And Doc, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I would imagine as a black man, when when you hear people talk about Black Lives Matter, two different subjects here, right? Black Lives Matter, I think for the most part, people just want equality, mm-hmm. right? All people, I went to a couple Black Lives Matter protests. And then January 6th, people were there because they wanted to overthrow the government uh, based on a lie. Yeah. These are two completely different protests, right? Whether it's violent or not. Absolutely. I don't condone violence. I'm sure you don't. But two completely different reasons to protest, right? Right. Well, Black Lives Matter became an issue because there was a time when the Supreme Court acknowledged that their whites... There were, blacks had no rights which whites were bound to respect. No other race of people has ever had that kind of proclamation uh, positioned against them. So that's why people say black lives matter, and you can't equate that with any other race of people because no other people have been what you, judged. What do you say? I agree with you. I think it's so ignorant. You know, I, when I did a show on another station, it was a mm-hmm. conservative station, and I am so glad I am not there anymore. Right. And I would talk about Black Lives Matter and have my friend Roxanne McCoy, who's the president of the NAACP, personal friend of mine. And I would have callers call in when we talk about Black Lives Matter. They'd start off the conversation by saying, White Lives Matter. And, you know, I would usually just hang up on them, and I would usually say, Good luck at your Klan meeting tonight. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but in all seriousness, how do you talk to people like that? When somebody, yes. well, All Lives Matter or White Lives Matter, yes. they're not. People are not saying all lives don't matter. There's a reason why they say black lives matter because of what black people have had to go through. You know, and I had to work with someone in radio. I'm not going to say who. Mm -hmm. But this person who I worked with in radio had friends who were literally white supremacists. Okay. And I would complain about that to some of my friends who are black. Right. And they would say to me, Brian, now you know what we have to go through every day. And I and I kind of said, wow. You yeah. know, I mean, it's it, the stupidity and the ignorance and the hatred of some people. Right. I don't know how you deal with it. Yeah. Well, we hope that we can get past race as an issue in our society. But the only way we're going to do that is for people to open their eyes and recognize that we do have racial problems in America. Let's get past that and let's start working on the things that matter. Those things include things like making certain that no child goes to bed hungry or mm-hmm. homeless in America. 
you know, a lot of things that we talk about, you know, whether or not the election was stolen, that's gonna, that's not going to make a difference in our lives. That's not right. going to resolve mm-hmm. issues for those people right. who are lying on the street, on Main Street here in Nevada sure. or in, in Las Vegas or on North Las Vegas Boulevard, people who are home, homeless every single day, people who are drug addicted and have problems and need mm-hmm. treatment, you know, people whose family members are going to jail for things that they couldn't control. We absolutely and completely have to get on track. Agree. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, by the way, joining us in studio, he is William Doc Walls. He's running for governor. Uh, he has a lot, a lot of experience in politics. As, as uh, we mentioned earlier, he ran for governor of the great state of Illinois and as mayor in Chicago. Eva Chase is joining us in studio. She's running for Nevada lieutenant governor. Since we are still on the topic of race, I want to play you a statement that Tom Cotton made in the House chambers yesterday in regards to Miss Jackson, who is a black woman who, in my estimation, extremely intelligent, mm-hmm. a great uh, record, and a uh, very intelligent woman who I think will be a great, great Supreme Court judge. I cried when she was appointed. I, I think it's a great moment yeah. uh, in history. So this is what Tom Cotton said, a Republican, about Jackson. Have a listen to this. You know, the last Judge Jackson left the Supreme Court to go to Nuremberg and prosecute the case against the Nazis. This Judge Jackson might have gone there to defend them. He is basically saying that this judge would defend Nazis. What is your reaction? I'm going to ask both of you. I'll start with you, uh, Doc. What is your reaction when you hear that? It was her responsibility as a public servant to defend people who were in Guantanamo Bay. The Constitution guarantees them the right to representation, and she lived up to that responsibility. She may have had to hold her nose in the process, but she accurately defended those people's rights, and they do have rights. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that she agreed with what they did. So it's part of our Constitution, and we can't pick and choose which laws we want to uphold and respect. We have to respect them, and if if, if we're called to do that, then we do that. And Eva, this is also uh, a a woman who was up there and had to answer questions like, what is your definition of what a woman is? And I'm like, that's not her job. What do you make of these charades? I think that... The Republicans that were questioning her were grasping, grasping, well, they were, they were just making up things. Right. And she is so well qualified for the Supreme Court. What I find so funny is that Lindsey Graham voted for her last year for a court appointment. But this year, oh, no, I, I can't vote for her. And she put it very plainly. She follows the laws. She does not work in Congress. And I think some of the Republicans might need to learn the difference between the judicial branch yeah. and the legislative branch. Mm-hmm. She's going to make a great justice. Yeah, No, I, I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, let me start with you, Doc, and I want to ask you, if, if you're elected governor... What will you do differently? What is your top priority? What's the first thing you're going to do on day one if you're in office? Day one, establish irreproachable public safety services. And that's critical. When it comes to things, for example, like uh, human trafficking, we have to stop human trafficking. The way that you do that is you coordinate the activities of the various police agencies. That includes the state police. That includes local police. That includes our neighboring police, the FBI, federal police, federal investigative police. You put them all on the same communication channel. You provide them all the same information about victims and suspects so that they know what they're looking for and they're coordinating their activities. Human trafficking is a very important issue. The next thing that we have to do is 
improve our infrastructure because if our police can't get where they're going because we have faulty infrastructure, yeah. we're in trouble. Provide a superior public school education for each and every individual child. And I did say public school. That doesn't mean that we don't have charter schools, but yeah. they're limited. Public schools are those schools that all children can go to, and one size does not fit all. Mm. We can't just lump children in and think that they're going to survive. We have to figure out what it takes for each and every individual child to succeed. But that means that you involve the parents, you involve the administrators, you involve the teachers, you involve the school boards, you involve the unions. Everybody is part of that process. Yeah, I, I, I'm on board with everything you just said there. Eva, what would you say uh, if you're elected and you're in office as lieutenant governor on day one? What would you do? I would ensure that voting rights are in place for every eligible citizen of Nevada, mm -hmm. and everybody has the right to vote so long as they meet the criteria. Mm -hmm. There should be no voter suppression. The second thing I would do that ties into that would be to ensure that, to piggyback on what was just said, mm -hmm. education is important. And you can't have, you know, if you don't have educated voters, you're going to have the wrong leaders in mm -hmm. power. Yeah. So education at public school level and protecting yeah. voting rights. I'm glad you talked about education. I want to play another piece of audio and get both of your thoughts on this. Okay. You mentioned uh, critical race theory, and, and, and I spoke a little bit with Eva about the don't say gay bill, which is what I call it, uh, with uh, Governor Death Santis. Can uh, I just in yeah. interject? How do you don't say gay when that's the name of the bitch? <laughs> that's true. That's, yeah. that's true. That's so I want to play. Yeah. I think Jen Psaki does a very good job. And uh, Peter Dushi, as I like to call him. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's how you pronounce his name. Sorry about that. But uh, Peter Dushi uh, had a little interaction with, with Jen Psaki about this bill. And I think she just got him so good. Have a listen to this. So if you guys oppose this law that bans classroom instruction about uh, sexual orientation and gender identity in K through 3. Does the White House support that kind of classroom instruction before kindergarten? Do you have examples of schools in uh, Florida that are teaching kindergartners about sex education? I'm just asking for the president's well, I think opinion. Well, I think that's a relevant question because I think this is a politically charged, uh, harsh law that is putting parents and LGBTQ plus kids in a very difficult, uh, heartbreaking circumstance. And so I actually think that's a pretty relevant question. Yeah, bingo. Another so, another stupid question. Sure. Uh, I just love the way she handled that. Notice how we couldn't give an example. Exactly. There are no examples because it doesn't exist. They're creating things out of whole cloth and getting people excited about them when we have to come together. We would benefit ourselves to work together on issues across the board instead of dividing ourselves and finding new reasons to divide ourselves. What would you say? Do you agree with that? Yes, unity is the answer. And what she, she answered him very well because he could not give an example for the White House to make a stance and to answer the question. Yeah. So if you don't have the if you, he didn't. Of course answer, he doesn't. No, because it's not happening. And if no. it is happening, maybe one or two teachers they're making it like it's happening, you know, everywhere and it's nonsense. No, I know we talked a little bit about Leah Thomas uh, mm -hmm. a little earlier. I want to get your thoughts on this. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is Joe Rogan. Now I'm not a big Joe Rogan fan. I think he's mm -hmm. a meathead. Uh, but uh, his thoughts on COVID is just they're just ridiculous. But anyway, I'm gonna kind of I can't believe I'm gonna say this. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna sort of take Joe Rogan's side on this one. He's talking about Leah Thomas, the swimmer, born a man, transitioned to a woman, uh, competing with other women in swimming. Here's what Joe Rogan had to say about this situation. 
Yeah. But what it is now is not good. What it is now is assault on women's sports. And the idea that anybody would think it's fair that someone who is number 462 as a man, 462 in the nation, is number one as a woman a year later. Yeah. And that's fair. You don't think maybe it was her passion for swimming that got her to number one? Could be. It's just an amazing or woman. Or a change in diet? Could be. Could be that. Could be. Yeah. Just maybe just becoming her true self. I can't think of any other factor it could be. I, I'm just going passion for swimming. Mm -hmm. Maybe. You're probably right. <laughs> okay, so obviously they're mocking it a little bit and they're having a little fun with it. But I, I do agree with the first 10 seconds of what Joe Rogan mm -hmm. says, Doc. What do you No, I agree as well. I mean, everyone has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but not at other people's expense. So if you're num number 462 in the world as a mm -hmm. man and you convert over to become a woman and become number one, you have an unfair advantage yeah. so my thing is women's sports should be for women who were born women mm -hmm. and men who were born men and then right. if you want to have another category help yourself uh -huh. You can have a category in the middle for those persons right. who identify themselves not mm -hmm. according to their born gender, yeah. but according to their adopted gender. And sure. I have no problem with that sure. because everybody can then achieve at their own risk. Mm -hmm. So, Eva, we're running out of time, and I know Doc is going to stick around for another segment. Before we go, I want to just give you one last opportunity, why people should support you, where do they go, and uh, how do they contact you and, and support your campaign? The reason why people should support me for lieutenant governor this year is that I have a passion, I have a drive, I have fresh new ideas, and I believe a positive change is necessary for our state. We have to protect what we have because a lot of states are having a lot of our civil liberties taken away. Sure. And we have to be protected. And so I just hope that people will give me the opportunity to serve them as their sure. lieutenant governor because I want to work for everybody in the state. Mm -hmm. The way I can be contacted is I'm primarily through social media. Okay. You can get me on Facebook and I'm on TikTok. Can I say what? Absolutely. How to reach me? Absolutely. Okay. They can find me at Eva Chase 1959. On TikTok, I'm also on Ballotpedia, Wikipedia, mm -hmm. and let's. That's about it. All right, that's, that's cool. So if people mm -hmm. want to contact you, they yeah. can. Well, Eva, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I appreciate you coming in. Uh, I think you're a brush, breath of fresh air, and I uh, appreciate you being here. Doc is going to stick around for another segment. Nice Eva, to meet you, Eva. I, I really do I appreciate you well. your time, and you'll be on again uh, soon. I, I am sure. Uh, that's Eva Chase, everybody, running for Nevada Lieutenant Governor. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Doc right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHB. Oh, man, the 80s, huh? Richard Marks. That's when music was good. No, there's still some good musicians out there. I like Bruno Mars. But, uh, by the way, Richard Marks is a great follow on Twitter. He just blasts these right-wingers. I just, I love it. But anyway, welcome back to the show. It's Pushing the Limits I like on a Wednesday. Will. Yes, Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. By the way, coming up at the bottom of the hour, 
He's known as the golf guru. I haven't had him on in a long time. He's a personality, Dennis Silvers. We got one of the biggest sports stories of the year, if not the biggest. Tiger Woods is going to be playing in the Masters tomorrow, Mm -hmm. uh, which is incredible. The guy almost got his leg amputated, and now he's going to be competing in the most prestigious golf tournament in the world. I want to... And he said he can win. Isn't it incredible? Oh, yeah. yeah. Can I, I want to talk to you about the Masters sure. for a moment. It was just the last 15 years that they finally allowed black people to play on that yes. golf course. Condoleezza Rice being a black woman is a member there. Right. And I'm like, I didn't think, listen, I have a lot of criticisms for Tiger. Okay, mm-hmm. Obviously, he's probably the best golfer of all time, him and Jack Nicholas. Sure. I don't think Tiger did enough. And I'm not saying it's all on him. Mm-hmm. But the hatred and the bigotry that is Augusta National and the people that ran and maybe some of them still run, what do you make of that, that they only fairly recently in the last 20 years allow black people to be members there? Yeah, it was a culture of the golf game for a long time and it's time to address that and I think that Tiger Woods does have a responsibility to do that because he's been elevated to such a high level. He is actually untouchable when it comes to golf. So if he would do that, mm-hmm. it would help a whole lot of people. I think that has been my biggest issue with golf, and I think it's getting better. you got a good, a lot of good young players. Cameron Champ is one name that comes to mind. Tony Finau. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but I, I still feel like golf is snotty. Yeah. It's a snotty sport. You have to be wealthy to get the proper... Uh, clubs and, and, and teaching. And, and, you know, listen, Tiger came from a middle-class family. Sure. But I feel like if we were able to get more kids and people maybe that are not wealthy to play the game of golf, I think you'd have a lot better golfers out there. That's just my personal – there's a lot of great players out there, but I think it's it's still – I still get the sense of snobbiness, and yeah. uh, that's just how I feel when I go to a country club. And you know? it, it, what's interesting is regular golf is a good, ordinary people. Right, You know, conversationalists, right. they, you know, make common sense. And they get along with other people, and it makes golf a good and exciting game. It so really is. We can get more people to be like that and get more people into those private country clubs because it is. the cost is prohibitive. Yeah. But if we can get more people into those country clubs, golf would uh, make a difference. Agree. Who's the most famous person you ever played golf with? Uh, Bernie Mac. No I way. Used to manage Bernie. The yeah. late I didn't know yeah, that. Oh, was he Bernie. great? Yeah, I was his manager. That was so sad what happened to yeah. him. You know, uh, yeah. one of my one of my favorites. Uh, I, I remember mm-hmm. God so well, the Oceans movies were, were some of my yeah. favorites. He was he played yeah. the dealer though. God, he's such a funny guy. Yeah, he called me a, uh, just before he died. Mm. He was in Mr. 3000 and he felt like the director pushed him too hard to do stunts that he wasn't able to do. So he attributed that to his failing health. Oh man, that's that's really unfortunate. Yeah. That's terrible. What a brilliant yeah. uh, comedian and he actor was awesome. he was. He was fantastic. We went to high school together, also. No way. Was yeah. he like the class clown in no, high school? No, he, he wasn't. wasn't. He wasn't. He picked it up after high school. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, uh, that, he was. He used to bring the house down. One of the best men. And I, and I remember. Uh, the, was it uh, the Bad Santa movie? Am I thinking? No, I'm thinking of John Ritter. Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 we lost both of them around the same, same time. time. Bernie yeah. Mac and John Ritter, and it just. Uh, so sad. I yeah. think I think it was Bernie Mac that played a role in that movie. He was the boss, like mm-hmm. of the. And I remember those scenes with John Ritter, and I'm thinking to myself, God, it's so sad that they're both gone. gone we've, lost, yeah. we've lost so many great people. I mean, Bob Saget recently, yeah. it's just just terrible. Yeah. So you being out of Chicago and spending so much time in Chicago, of course, you ran for mayor there. You ran for governor of state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a chance to get to know Barack Obama, and we yes. talked a little bit off the air about you guys haven't always see eye to eye. What mm-hmm. is your biggest criticism of the Obama eight year presidency? I didn't think he did enough for poor people. Not black people, but poor people. I thought that he could have done a little bit more to help poor people. You know, Mm. we always have enough money to put people in prison, but never enough money to take care of the needs of the family. And that's what's important to me.
I thought, and I still feel, and I think we'll agree on this, uh, Barack Obama, good husband, good father, Mm -hmm. a decent man, a very intelligent man, very well-spoken. I don't think he embarrassed anybody, but my biggest criticism of Obama, I didn't really like the way he handled race relations at times. For example, the Ferguson situation, right? I am all for the Black Lives Matter movement, Mm -hmm. and I want all the bad cops off the streets. I think we all could agree. Officer Chauvin, who is now a murderer, uh, what happened to George Floyd, and I could name you many other situations Mm -hmm. where the officers were 100 percent at fault. Ferguson wasn't that. No, and it wasn't I, And I felt like Obama made a big mistake. Yeah. Um, first of all, he sent people to Michael Brown's funeral. Uh, with all due respect to the Brown family, Michael Brown was not a good human being, and he attacked that police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, but Obama kind of took the side of Brown. I thought that was wrong because the officer now was the victim. Yeah. Do you agree with me at least on that No, front? I agree with you on that. I think that you have to be judicious in terms of picking your fights. Right. And every fight is not the fight for the president to get involved in. I also see most police officers as good people, mm-hmm. as heroes. Absolutely. However, there are some bad that, cops out there, bad right? Um, I want to, you know, this is something that I admit, and maybe because I am, no one that knows me would tell you that I am a racist person. Mm-hmm. I am the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. However, I think we all have our biases. And I, I mentioned this story the other day, and I want to mention it to you. Like, if I'm in the middle of the night, if I'm downtown, and I see one white guy with a bunch of tattoos, uh, and I see a black guy that's dressed with his pants down, I might be, I might be more afraid of the black guy. It doesn't mean I'm racist uh, because I wasn't raised that way. In fact, I was raised in a predominantly black community and I was accepted. Uh, But that's like an internal bias and I know it's wrong, but I feel like a lot of people have that. Here's what's funny. When we went through the gangster rap period, Mm -hmm. black rappers sold that opinion of black black men. Mm -hmm. I was in, well, I was in Kuala Lumpur in the casino and they had people following me around, and I wondered why. So I actually was having dinner with one of the vice presidents, and I asked him why. And he told me because that is the impression that they have about black men based upon the image that's been created primarily through gangster rap. Mm-hmm. So we've gone through those kinds of periods, and it's time for us to correct that. Correct that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you the truth. What happened with Will Smith did not help at all. Because I wanted to talk that, to you about that. That yeah. into the stereotype. I want to talk to you about that. By the way, somebody just called up and, and told our producer that Lee Elder played in the 1975 Masters. I am not talking about whether you were allowed to play in a PGA Tour tournament. Right. I am talking about being a member. member. You were not allowed to play on that golf course uh, mm-hmm. uh, or be a member of that course if you were black or a woman who was black uh, up until fairly recently, the last 15, 20 years. Yes, yeah. the PGA Tour allowed black people to play in the Masters. Right. Not talking about that. I'm talking about Augusta National, I assumed that the people listening would understand that, but I guess there are a few people that didn't, so that's right. okay. Um, let's talk about Will Smith. Let's yes. talk about the Oscars. Yes. I thought Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, had some great statements uh, kind of alluding to what you said, that this hurts the black community it because it's a stereotype, right? A, a sure. stereotype that I don't like, yeah. but the stereotype that people have out there, oh, there you go, black guy uh, violently hitting another black man. Um, I thought what Will Smith did was, was uh, first of all, against the law. It was yeah. assault. And secondly, I think this is a man who has some demons and needs some help. Yeah, he could have simply walked up and had a conversation with Chris Rock. He could have told him, you've just embarrassed my wife. She has alopecia. I'd appreciate it if you'd apologize to her. And Chris Rock, being the gentleman he that probably he would have would have yeah. apologized, and Will Smith could have walked back to his seat, and all would have been well. That's the professional way to handle that. You don't go and slap someone unexpectedly, because actually in, in the video, it appears as though Chris Rock leaned in to have that conversation with him. 
because that's all he thought he was going to do. So I think it's so unfortunate, but you can't unring that bell. So the question is, how do we recover from that? And the truth is, we have to look at the facts. The fact is, most black men are not violent. Most black men are respectful of the rights and, and promises of other people and Agreed. the laws. Agreed. Yep. So we can't overfocus on what Will Smith did, and we can't attribute that to mm-hmm. all black men. Can't do that. Couldn't agree with you more. In fact, I'll even take it a step further. While I agree with you that if he just went up there and talked to him, that would have been the better alternative, I don't even think he should have done that. Yeah. You talked to him after the award show. Yeah. Uh, can you make the argument that the joke was a little bit insensitive? Sure. But I don't think Chris Rock meant it that way. It wasn't even his joke, and I yeah. think it was more of a G.I. Jane joke. And, okay, yes, you have short hair. I guess it. But, you know, I think he's got some demons in his head. I think yeah. the open relationship stuff hasn't helped. He wants to be that masculine guy. Yeah. And, uh I'm okay with the uh, Oscars banning him for life, even though I know he kind of withdrew himself from the Oscars. But uh, do you think he should have been prosecuted for I, that? I'm not qualified to psychoanalyze Will Smith, so I'm not. Neither am I. But I'm not. You know, I'm yeah, not yeah. qualified to do that. But mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think that the police should have gotten involved. I don't think that you have to involve the police. Chris Rock is the reason why they didn't get that's involved. That's right, by because the way. Chris yep. Rock said no, yep. he didn't yep. want to prosecute. So I mean, at that point in time, you let two men work it out the way they sure. just can, even though Will Smith. Smith is now at a great disadvantage yep. because they've stopped the production of certain yep. movies, and it's kind of hurting yep. his career. Agree. If you're just joining us, by the way, he is William Doc Walls. He's running for governor of the state of Nevada, uh, and I want to ask him a little bit about some of his opponents, but this is a man who also ran for mayor of Chicago. He was also only the second black man to run for governor in the great state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about a few of your opponents. Let's start with Joey Gilbert. Yeah. Um, I got into it with Joey Gilbert. We had a 30-minute uh, sparring match back and forth. John Ralston retweeted the t- retweeted it and said I was prepared and I exposed Joey Gilbert mm-hmm. for, for being who he is. Um, this is a guy who says Donald Trump won the election, voter fraud, uh, he's COVID nonsense. I mean, the guy texted me the other day this story. Uh, this is true. Joey Gilbert texted me the other day a story that he claimed 15 tennis players in the Miami Open withdrew because of the vaccines. It was a fake news story. I said, what are you doing? Yeah. You're running for office and you're sending me nonsense. What do you make of these people? And by the way, Joey Gilbert's not the only guy that you're running yeah. against that thinks Trump won. What do you think of some of these opponents that you're well, running against? when they asked the question on that panel, I think all but me and maybe one other person yeah. said that the election right. was free and fair. And then you stepped up and you really clarified and you had a responsibility to do that because you were the moderator and the truth has to come out. Right. The bottom line is that election was free and fair, just like every other election. And everyone that has examined that election has determined that there was no voter fraud that would substantiate overturning an election. So it's time to get past that. We have to move on and address the issues that are important. It's unfortunate that people don't look at the fact that Joe Biden's economy is actually a very good economy. And it doesn't matter whether you're Democrat or Republican. The bottom line is you want to make certain that people have enough food to eat now. We have problems due to supply chain issues Mm -hmm. when the government shut down in the United States of America, just like they did all across the world. All governments shut down. So it takes time to build back up. So now you have too many dollars chasing too few goods. So you have inflation. But that's not one man's problem. The United States is not the only place where there is inflation. Bottom line is he was duly elected. Let him serve his term, whether you like him or not. Do what's best for America. Right now, our democracy is being challenged by right. Putin. Yeah. He's challenging our democracy, and times may get really rough. We hope that it doesn't get to the point where 
you know, his saber rattling turns into a nuclear war or use of tactical nuclear weapons. But that's possible. I'm glad you brought that up, though, Doc, because, you know, our former president, Donald Trump, I'm going to bring him up again. He mm-hmm. called recently, he called Vladimir Putin smart, savvy and a peacemaker. Uh, Madison Cawthorn, who I think, just think is a complete moron. Yeah. Uh, besides talking about all the sex parties he's been doing with the Republicans, I'm sure you heard that story. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't it interesting? If somebody talks about sex parties, McCarthy will be the first person to put tape over their mouth. But if Marjorie Taylor Greene talks about COVID misinformation right. and compares mask wearing to Nazis, he's totally okay with that. Is I find that very interesting. I but, do too. Yeah, but anyway, going back to that, what do you, what what do you make of this now? What do you make of the fact that you are running against candidates spreading COVID misinformation? Dean Heller is another one. Mm-hmm. Voting, you know, voter, you know, I would call it voter suppression. A lot of these Republicans are doing that mm-hmm. in in cities of uh, in poverty, but. You are running against the majority of candidates running for governor, trying to get Steve Sislak out of offices that have zero basis. Uh, They don't live in reality. I don't know what else to say. I hope that the voters understand that. I hope that the voters move past just plain sentiment and emotion and start looking at what's best for them and their children and their parents and others who are dependent upon a government that functions and operates. Because going forward, we have some great issues. Let's deal with the fact that we are uh, becoming water Uh, at risk. Mm -hmm. You know, and let's talk about the fact that we need to figure out how to ensure that we don't get to to day zero here in Nevada. Mm -hmm. You know, this business about the election and these false narratives, I think that people need to just isolate those people and make it clear to them every chance they get that we don't want to hear any more of that nonsense. Well, I try to do that. (laughs) You know, Stavros Anthony is coming in studio tomorrow, and he it seems like that's really all he wants to talk about is election fraud. And Have you seen any bit of evidence to support the fact that uh, we had all this election fraud? I I have not. uh, You know, and and if there was an election that we could have questioned, we could have questioned the 2016 election when... uh, Yeah, Hillary. Yeah, yeah, with Hillary and and Trump. Isn't it interesting that I guess it's only Democrats that could could steal elections and cheat. Uh, It's very very interesting. And what I try to tell people is that in 2016 was Trump, when Trump was running against Hillary, Mm -hmm. he talked about election integrity and how elections were rigged. And then he Mm -hmm. won. And then all of a sudden all that went away for three years. And then the election in 2020 comes up and he starts again. Are people really that stupid? I hope not. I hope that people are entertained by that, but they are not making that a part of their narrative as they go out and talk to other people. And that's what we have to do. We have to start speaking truth to power every chance we get. We need people who are responsible to come to the fore and stand up and say, enough of that nonsense. How does that feed my family? Mm -hmm. I agree. Another right-wing talking point that is not true is defunding the police. Uh, Are there a few mayors in the country that have defunded certain police stations, a few, mm-hmm. but but Joe Biden doesn't believe that. The, the overwhelming 99% majority of the Democrats don't want to defund. Now they'll reallocate funds from mm-hmm. one police station to another. Again, another right-wing talking point that is Absolutely. not true. You're not for defunding the police. I am certainly not for defunding the police, and I'm a Renaissance Republican. I'm right. typically an independent, but I also lean Republican in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. old-fashioned Republican, back when you had Ronald Reagan and even Nixon. Nixon did a lot of good things as president of the United States of America. Certainly he got caught up in Watergate, but he had principles that stood the test of time. The bottom line is we have to stop talking about things like defunding the police because there are several ways to look at policing. 
When it comes to proactive policing and responsible policing, you want to make certain that you're not just aggressively attacking people who are at the lowest ebb in their life, but that you're giving them every room to walk away. So you want to be able to de-escalate situations. If the police don't have that capability, then you make certain that they have with them someone who does. But you still fully fund our police department because those police departments have a duty and responsibility, and we expect them to provide the services that we need Mm -hmm. when we need them. So that includes being able to deploy appropriately and respond in a timely manner to save lives. Agree 100%, Doc. Okay, so let's talk about that police brutality. I say it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any police – a police officer's job is to de-escalate. Any police officer that breaks the law, uh, I want them to held to the highest extent of the law. Mm -hmm. On the other side, though, Mm -hmm. we see in a lot of these circumstances, not all of them, but a lot of them, people are not complying. You know, uh, the case of of the guy who was shot and it should have been a taser and it was a gun. Horrible situation. And that police officer held to account, which I believe should be. However, if Dante Wright doesn't drive away and doesn't try to leave, he's still alive. Uh, In no way, shape or form am I saying if you comply, you have a 100 percent chance of getting out of there, you know, without any injuries or, or death. But for the most part, you are. I see in so many of these circumstances People are not complying with police officers. Let's just say you are up against a racist cop. Why would you give them a reason to pull the trigger? If you do what they tell you to do, for the most part, you know, you're going to be okay. Now, you can file, you know, a, a, hire an attorney later on, but don't fight a cop. You know, don't, don't resist arrest. Well, and here's I'll- the thing. If you look at the statistics, whites flee from the police as often as blacks do. Maybe I believe it. more. But they end up going home to their families at the end of the day. So racism mm-hmm. is a factor in all of that. And you can't ignore that. So I don't we deny have that. To, we have to better train our police officers and sensitivity. But we also have to start training our kids, K through 12, sure. how to understand their responsibility as law-abiding citizens and mm-hmm. what to do when a police officer comes and gives them a command. Yeah. So we have those discussions, you know, fathers and mothers mm-hmm. give that discussion, have that talk mm-hmm. with their children. Sure. But we also have to have that in school. What you are speaking to, I am with you 100%, and I'm going to give you an example. And I don't remember this animal's name, but I'm not. that's fine. I'm not going to say it. But it is a kid who was white who went into a church with a bunch of black people mm-hmm. and started spraying people with bullets. I don't remember exactly how many people he killed, but I think it was upwards of 9 or 10 or 11. I yep. apologize. I don't know the exact number. But after he was arrested, mm-hmm. he was put in a squad car, unscathed, by the way. Yes, right. he cooperated. He sure. put his hands up. But then they asked him if he was hungry, and they asked him if he wanted something at Burger King, and they got him food. If that person was black, I do not believe he would have been treated the same way, and that is exactly what you are talking about. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, and it's disgusting. And I'm with with you 150% on that. And and all police officers are not like that. I want to make certain Absolutely. Because you said that earlier. Absolutely. All police officers aren't like that. Uh But we need sensitivity training Mm -hmm. on the part of the police. So your opponent, who I believe— is probably the front runner right now. I don't know mm-hmm. if you would disagree or not, but that would be Sheriff Joe Lombardo. Joe Lombardo. He did not show up the other day. Mm-hmm. What do you make of Joe Lombardo? If he was sitting here, what would you say to him? That's arrogance. I mean, you need to present yourself before the people so that they have a chance to question you and get a sense of who you are and what you stand for. You just can't run on your name or a previous position that you've held. You have to be willing to go wherever the people are and talk about the issues. Right. So, it's unfortunate that he didn't show up. Yeah. 
I hate to say this, Doc, but I'm going to say it. I mean, it's a compliment to you because I think you're a really reasonable man. I believe you care about this city. Mm-hmm. I don't hear a lot of Republicans talking like you're talking right now. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. You're logical. You're smart. Sadly, there are a lot of smart candidates, but they're just not logical. Yeah. Dean Heller's one of them. He's a polished politician who refuses to admit Joe Biden won a free and fair election. Joe Lombardo. Yeah. I have my criticisms of him, but if the guy just stayed away from the right wing conspiracy theories, okay, I would. What would you say? Because you're an old school Republican, as you said. What would you say to this new era of Republicans, the Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Lauren Boeberts, the Donald Trumps of the world? What would you say to them as an old school Republican, and where do you think they need to get away from? As a Renaissance Republican, that means you want to go back to the way it used to be. I serve an almighty God, and I can't lie and expect that good things are going to come from that. So nothing comes before God and Jesus Christ in my life, and I cannot sit there and lie. And they need to take an honest look at themselves and ask themselves, if they were standing before Jesus, what would they say? Because most of them say it just to get attention or just to get votes. They don't believe that in their heart. You believe most of those people up there the other day were saying those things like Dean Heller uh, and Joey Gilbert. They're saying that just because they want to get in power and they feel like they need to. 70% of the Republicans probably think the way they think because they watch Fox News all day long and that's all they hear. (laughs) Right. You know, CNN paid people to watch CNN who were Fox viewers and afterwards, after watching them for 60 days, most of those typical Fox viewers came away with a whole different opinion. Isn't that interesting? I didn't hear that. That's that. Yeah. You know what? That I heard a stat, Doc, that between seven and eight out of ten Republicans, just mm-hmm. Republicans today, mm-hmm. believe that Donald Trump won the election. Yeah. That is staggering. And that, that is, is that is and who do we blame? Yeah. I say we blame Donald Trump. He started this whole thing. I believe be. Donald Trump ruined this country. Now I love this country and I'm not one of those idiots that will say we need to bring our country back. Mm. Listen the country's here. We haven't lost it. But I just believe that Donald Trump has divided this country more than ever, both racially and politically. Would you agree with that? He has. He's a very divisive figure. And that's one of the reasons I'm in this race, because I want to be able to talk to people on both sides of the aisle and in the middle. And hopefully there are enough of us out here who just want to move forward and make this world a better yeah. place for everyone to live in, who are insulted by what happened on January 6th, because I am thoroughly Insulted. I thought after January 6th that we would all come together to protect our democracy. You know, we live in a constitutional republic that is based upon laws. And if you start ignoring the law, then you're going to crumble. Our democracy, and it's a democracy because we Mm -hmm. live as Democrats. Mm -hmm. As As a democracy, you want people to do what's right and just according to the law. We can't cherry pick which laws we respect and which ones we don't. And it shouldn't boil down to, uh, well, they did that over there with Black Lives Matters and got away with it, and these guys should get away with it too. That's not what's good for America. I I agree. Your thoughts on Kamala Harris? She is uh, somewhere in between. You know, some people complain that she was ignored by Joe Biden in the beginning and said that if she were a black woman... That I mean, if she weren't a black woman, that she wouldn't have been treated that way. The, but the bottom line is, if she weren't a black woman, she wouldn't be vice president right now. So it's a, a, a darned if you do, darned if you don't. So she has to establish her own identity. It's rough being vice president of the United mm-hmm. States of America, no matter what your color or gender. Agree. I, I'm a little disappointed in her. I don't like the way she answers certain questions mm-hmm. from the media. Just go down to the border, for crying out loud. Yeah. Would it kill you to go down to the border? I'm not saying that's going to fix all the problems. Yeah. Don't like the way she answers that question. Uh, I 
think can we talk about Title 42? For sure, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. That debate is coming up because Title 42 is about to be abolished. Explain by, to people what Title 42 Title 42 is. is an expulsion agreement. So mm-hmm. under Title 42, because of COVID, CDC said those people who cross the border cannot stay in the United States of America, mm-hmm. but will be sent back across sure. the border. But our... Um, our, our our law says that the only way that you can seek asylum in the United States of America is to first illegally cross the border. Right. So now people are going to be able to illegally cross the border and they will be released into the United States. But mm-hmm. what I think needs to happen is if you're going to release them in the United States, put a monitor on them because the problem is they Agreed. don't show up for court. I've been saying even that for years. To, that's right. Even if you get to the point where you have to put a chip in them, mm-hmm. if you think that they won't. Don't disagree. You know, yeah. If, if you, but, but, Doc, I'll, I took it a step further. I said, you know, the overwhelming majority of people that are illegal in this country are those that overstay their visas. That's right. If you get, right. a, if you get a visa, put a monitor in. on them. That's right. Those people that fly that in. That solves the problem. That's exactly but right. But Donald Trump will never talk about that. That's he just exactly wants to talk right. about brown people crossing the border. 70% yeah. of the people who are in the United States illegally yeah. Overstay yeah. their visas. Yeah. You're well, absolutely right. I, well, I will say this: we got to take a break, and I know you're going to stick around for another oh, segment. Yeah. We're going to. I know you're a golf aficionado. Yeah. The golf guru Dennis Silvers is going to be Good. joining us next segment. Talk a little Tiger Woods, and I'll say less yeah. and listen more. Well, that's okay. You're welcome. To, I, I want you to chime in, but I will say this: and you know, uh, of all the candidates that I've heard, mm-hmm. you are by far somebody that I would support by Thank far. Uh, sadly, the bar is, is a little low, but you're, you're an extremely intelligent guy. You're very reasonable. I don't Thank care you. whether you're Republican or Democrat. Right. You're just a reasonable guy with some really good ideas. And while I don't have a problem with Steve Sislak if he's reelected, sure. I absolutely would not have a problem if you were elected. So I just wanted to say that, and Thank I appreciate you, you being much. here. I'll give you an opportunity next segment to give out some information on your campaign okay. and your website, but also coming up, and you're going to stick around. Thank also you. coming up next, the golf guru, Dennis Silvers. This could be the biggest story in my personal opinion in the history of sports and it has something to do with tiger woods we'll tell you what that is coming up next you're listening to pushing the limits right here on kshp all right welcome back so glad you could join us and it is pushing the limits right here on kshp by the way I want to tell you guys a little bit about my favorite bar and restaurant. It's called Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Jones and Flamingo. Uh, great food, great atmosphere, great bartenders. By the way, if you walk in there and you mention my name and the name of this show, sign up for a player's card, get $10 free slot play. If you reach 100 points, you get an extra $20 free slot play. And here's even a great promotion they have going on every week there. They're giving out these $100 gas cards. Every 100 points you get, you get into this electronic drum. Uh, so please check out my good friends, uh, Brian Slipak, who owns that bar. Great guy. Great people. Jackson's Bar and Grow. In fact, I'm going to be heading out there for lunch right after this. It's a great place to go to. So if anybody wants to uh, uh, run into me and assassinate me, just meet me at Jackson's Bar and Grill. Anyway, uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, in studio, of course, William Doc Walls. He's running for governor. Now, this is a guy we have in studio. He's a Trump supporter, which is totally okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've gotten into it a few times uh, politically. He doesn't like my politics, but that's okay. We started talking again. I see the golf guru, Dennis Silvers, at the event the other day. He brings in his dog, which was a little weird, but that's okay. I said, Dennis, what's going on, man? And I haven't seen Dennis in a long time, so I'm glad we're talking again. Dennis is a good guy, and he's a fun guy to play golf with. But if you are playing slow and you're in front of Dennis Silvers, he is going to say something to you. I've seen it happen on the golf course. You make people cry on the golf course. Anyway, not, Dennis, not, in, not intentionally. And, and Brian, <laughs> thanks for, for having me on. It's, it's great to be with you again. 
it, it's a terrific show. We've got a lot of catching up to we do. do. And yes. of course, uh, it is Masters Week. It is. And, uh, you know, it's all good. This is the favorite week of a lot of golfers, obviously. I, I because it yep. is a terrific tournament. Doesn't happen to me my favorite major, but it is a it's a terrific mm-hmm. week, and it's going to be. Uh, of course, all the buzz is uh, is with Tiger, Tiger. and you called it. That. You you yep. said he was going to play. Yep. I was shocked that he was going to so play. So, Dennis, here's why. Can I tell you why? Yeah, real quickly? yeah. Tiger Woods doesn't show up at that event and doesn't play the golf course unless he knows in his head uh, weeks before. You know why? Tiger's not stupid. He walked a bunch of golf courses yeah. in the last couple of weeks. He knows his game is, is to par, for lack, for, for lack of a better term. Um, and when he played nine holes, and then you've got Fred Couples and all these guys that are saying he looks great, he's hitting the ball great, I said, this guy is going to play. He's not going to go out there to Augusta National and not play. Now, how well he plays is a different story, but I'm going to say this. The challenge is not, and even Tiger admitted this, it's not how he's hitting the ball, it's the walking part, the physical part. Uh, So we're going to have to wait and see what happens, but I'm going to give you my opinion right now. Okay. I don't think he's going to be in contention, but the reason why he's going to make the cut is because he knows this golf course better than anybody. He's won it there five times. True. I think he plays well on Thursday. I think he probably plays well enough on Friday to make the cut. I think he probably struggles on the weekend physically. But I think he makes the cut, Dennis. Well, let me say, like, I I, I was truly surprised. And, Brian, you know this as well as I do. When you're playing home games and you're hitting balls and you're playing with your buddies, it's so much different than actually teeing it up. In a tour competition, it's sure. a different kind of pressure. You're right. And, and, and for a lot of that, you have the same in a practice round. It kind of doesn't count. But when you're under the gun, it's totally different. My take on it is that he's going to have a bad first round. He's going to withdraw and say he hurt his left testicle you, or something. You really you know? think that's going to happen? Come I, on. I do. I do. Well, not the testicle part, but but yeah, but you know, and and I gave it my all. I tried it, but I just couldn't do it. I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't see it happen. And and the guy comes out, the guy comes out at forty five to one. And I've got to tell all you listeners out there, if you put a nickel on Tiger Woods to win this tournament, you got to have your head examined. The over under on what he shoots tomorrow is seventy four. Is seventy four? You're taking over? Oh, absolutely. Why? Be. He's just he hasn't played competitively for a long, long time. But he's Tiger Woods. He's the best player to ever play the game. You think he's going to be nervous? I don't think he's the best. I I think a little bit. Because he's gonna, the crowd is gonna be unbelievable. He's, that's not gonna bother him. The guy's been dealing with that his whole career. It's gonna be interesting, don't you Dennis. think, Doc? Well, no, Doc, the, do you the, play? The, the re- I do play. Do you? Good Almost for you. every day. The, the do you thing, suck? Or are you good? I'm pretty good. <laughs> okay. The, the thing that the thing that gives Tiger Woods an advantage is the weather. It's gonna be pouring down, raining, and he knows that golf course, and he can play. But I. But weather. Doc. Every performance that Tiger has had in a major or in a tournament where it's been raining, he does not play good in the rain, Doc. Yeah, but he will at the Masters. So is it supposed to rain tomorrow? Yeah. You're supposed to get not very good weather. I think you both make a good point, but I will say this. When it's cold and when the weather is not good, his joints kind of tighten up a little bit. Exactly. I would bet against Brooks Kepka too, for that reason, because Brooks does not play well. But it is interesting because you make both good points. You know, like I said, he knows this golf course very well, but anybody raining is not going to help him. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if that helps him. But I actually think he plays well tomorrow, and I think as the week progressive uh, progresses physically, he's not going to be able to hold up. But hey, can we all agree on this? And I'm not saying this is going to happen. It could. 
if he is in if he is in contention on Sunday, I think these will be the highest ratings the PGA Tour has ever had. Oh, no question about no it. No question you about agree it. With that? I totally agree with that. You don't it's... think there's any chance though, Dennis, that happens? No. No. Really? No. None at all? You're not going to give him any chance? To, even to a, win? To, no, I'm saying to be in contention. Three, oh, four shots back on Sunday. I, I Maybe the fourth or fifth group. I don't know. I'd say watch his first three holes. If he does well there and gets out He needs out front, to get off to a good start. To needs to get, needs it's kind of like... Uh, needs uh, to get off to a good it, start. It, what, do you say, Doc, what Doc said is all right. It's kind of like back in the 90s when I would watch Reggie Miller play, right? Mm-hmm. In a playoff game. I said, if Reggie makes his first couple shots, forget about it. Forget but about it. it. But if yeah. he struggles early, yeah. uh, or even yeah. a guy that hasn't played for a while, you want, yeah. you want to see... Even if he doesn't make a couple birdies, if he just doesn't hits hard. the ball down the fairway mm-hmm. and gives himself some opportunities, it's so important for Tiger to get off to a good start. There, the crowds it, are going to be crazy. Oh, right? ab- absolutely. And yeah, I, yeah. I get, a, get a kick out of people that go, hey, Dennis, Augusta's playing at 7,500 <laughs> yards. Well, 7,500 is a big golf course, but for these guys today, oh, don't yeah. mean squat. Let's That's talk not, about a year it ago. It don't mean squat. I mean, we know what happened with Tiger and the infidelity stuff. He's, uh, he's not really a guy that I root for because mm-hmm. I don't think he's a very good person. With that being said, he's not a criminal. No. But with that being said, last year I talked to people that are close to Tiger. I have a couple people in this town that you would know that I'll tell you off the air that are very good friends with Tiger. And Tiger was told if he wasn't Tiger Woods, his leg probably would have been amputated. Mm-hmm. If that was you or me, his leg was gone. Okay? Gone. They did miracle work on him miracle. to save that leg. Miracle. If that's you or me, we're without a leg. And a lot of people were saying at that time, even his close friends, he's probably never going to play golf again. Forget about competitive golf. The fact that this guy, uh, and again, not a, not a great guy. I wouldn't root for the guy. Yeah. But, but it's hard not to admire this comeback. The fact that he's even playing and has put himself in this position, to I me, agree. is unbelievable. I, I mean, agree this with is, that. This is what... Uh, Tiger Woods had to say in the press conference the other day when he was asked, do you really believe that you can win? Have a listen to this. You've said countless times throughout your career that you don't enter a golf tournament unless you think that you can win. Mm -hmm. So the question is simple. Do you think you can win the Masters this week? I do. And what have you seen in your preparation that leads you to believe that? Well, I can can hit it just fine. And I, I, I don't have any qualms about what I can do physically from a golf standpoint. It's now walking is the hard part. You know, this is normally not a easy walk to begin with um uh now given the, the conditions that you know my leg is in it gets a little bit more more difficult and you know that's uh you know 72 holes is uh it's a long road and uh it's going to be a, a tough challenge and a challenge that i'm, I'm up for Dennis, what's your reaction to that? Let me say this about that. First of all, he's not going to say there, no. No, I really don't think I could win, but I'm just here to kind of, you know, do my thing. Of course he's going to say he's going to win. And the thing, you know, when I posted this, all of the other players say, oh, it's great having Tiger out. Oh, it's so good for the game. Oh, this is terrific and this and that. That's crap. (laughs) That's crap. Number one, why would they want? the additional competition and number two there's still a lot of people out on tour that don't like tiger so what else are they supposed to say yeah well, it's, he's great for the game I we're understand. so happy to have him I, back I, it's bs i get what you're saying but i'll play devil's advocate and say this i don't believe tiger woods ever tees it up if he doesn't believe he's going to win yeah, and i agree with that yeah so i do believe, i, agree with I do that. believe there's a part of him that he's gonna have questions but i think he's hitting the ball well enough and listen fred couples played a practice round with him yeah. on monday and said he is hitting the ball phenomenal and he believes he has a chance to win that's what fred couples said could it be a little bs in there i guess maybe but let's talk about the other golfers let's talk about the okay. field okay 
Um, there's a couple guys that I look at that I don't think have much of a chance to win. And then there's uh, Dustin Johnson's been playing terrible as mm-hmm. of recently. Uh, I look at uh, I, I look at a couple guys up there. Uh, obviously, Justin Thomas is the favorite. I think that's fair. He's one of the best players out that's there. That's my favorite. I like Scotty Scheffler. I think Scheffler's I coming into this event playing Scheffler real well. Scheffler is coming in real great, and I think John Rahm is still 10-1, to 1, is the favorite. Can't and get I, it done and win a major one. I, I think he's questionable, and, and I, I agree with you. I'll tell you, the guy uh, guy to look out for is some, and I think he's the best iron player on the tour today, is Colin uh, Morgan. Yeah, but he's been struggling, uh, though, lately. A, a little bit, but, you I know. I don't like betting the guy that hasn't been playing well it, in the Masters. It just, it just could be your week and people that and I've been fortunate to be at Augusta a couple of times people don't realize that Augusta is is almost like a lynx thing it's very humpy bumpy I mean, it's it's more humpy bumpy than somebody like Jennifer Lopez for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, you've got so many false Dennis fronts. Dennis is such a dirty old man. <laughs> it, it, it it's not flat by any means, and the TV really does not do it justice. No, you're right. So it's going to be a tough walk right. for everybody. I agree with you, uh, Dennis. I, I tried not to laugh at that joke, <laughs> but I couldn't resist. So I look at your list and I look at guys uh, that I th- listen. Jordan Spieth is twenty five to one. Is he been playing the best golf of his career? No. No. But he is back to a place where he's capable of winning. He True. loves I look at guys that love the golf course True. and have great short games. Jordan Spieth is that guy. Do I think he's he should be the favorite? No. But I think you have a little bit of value taking him at twenty five to one here. I look at guys that too. love the golf course. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Freddie Couples made the cut. I mean, he loves the golf course. Right now, I'm not going to take him to win. It's like a thousand to one. But, but you know, a guy that loves the golf course. Do you see any? Listen, I look at. Uh, do you see any guys, first year guys that have never played this course before, and you say to yourself, "Well, I could say they have a chance." Well, I think theoretically everybody has a chance, mm-hmm. you know. But I think the big advantage here, like you said, Brian, is the experience number one, and more importantly, you've got to know those greens a little bit, where to miss it. Mm-hmm pin placement and i think if you're if you're really down with that it gives you a big advantage agree with that again if you're just joining us he is the golf guru dennis silvers a big story tiger woods playing in the masters which i told you he would make that announcement he did uh this is exciting i believe he tees off at 10 38 a.m uh I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Joaquin Neiman and yep. Usti uh, yep. will be in the group. Uh, right. Two different guys. Like, Usti is a guy that's never won a major, but it seems like he's in contention in almost every one, except the Masters. And then you have Joaquin Neiman, who has uh, a great young player who uh, won another tournament this year. He's yep. won a couple. Um, so I don't think that's a factor at all. I think... Uh, uh, if Tiger was playing with Phil, Phil's nowhere to be seen these yeah. days. But that nowhere. would be different. Yeah. Well, he That's made some nemesis. very stupid comments. He, d- he did. And it was interesting because uh, the chairman at Augusta National came out and said, no, 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 no. We did not disinvite him. He was more than welcome. It was his decision not to show well, up, he which made I the think right was decision. smart. Yeah, he said some really stupid things. Yeah. And he's suffering the consequences. He's lost some sponsors with that. Uh, it's just, just stupidity. It cost him big. Yeah, I think his reputation has been tarnished forever. I thought he really went over the line with his comments but with that being said um when we look at this event uh do you have any guys you know sometimes you give me a couple guys that are 100 to 1 long shots that you think could be in contention i think i think personally i think if you're gonna bet a golf tournament why bet the favorite take mm-hmm. a long shot or two you know try to win some money that's what he does with his women by the way yeah. he has no chance no with chance women, but he'll I still go up to him yeah <laughs> you know i honey i know this is a long shot but uh you know but anyway, somebody I'll give you a good example. Somebody like uh, coming out of nowhere, Matthew Fitzpatrick. 
Russell Henley. If they put it together for this week, they knock in a few putts, they keep it under control, you know, gee, why not bet a guy that's 80 to 1, 75 yeah. to 1? By the way, if you want like a real that. long shot, uh, we've got a few here. These are some old timers. Larry Mize, who won this tournament about 80 there years ago, go. he's 5,000 to 1. Wow. Sandy Lyle, 5,000 to 1. Jose Maria Olafaba, who was a great player in his prime, he's 3,500 3, to 1. Obviously, these are guys that have no chance to win. But then yeah. I look at a guy who used to be the number one player in the world. Talking about VJ Singh. VJ Singh. 2,000 to 1. I know. That's, uh, you know, and, and we're not, you know, the homies are getting uh, no Kevin respect. Na. Kevin Na is 225 yeah. to he's 1. A, he's a jerk, by the way. He really is not a very nice person. I've met Kevin Na before. Uh, there are a lot of guys on tour where you say, wow, that's a great guy. And then there are a few guys on tour that are just annoying. Exactly. Would you agree with me? Kevin totally, totally. Kevin Na is not a very uh, well-liked person. I don't like Justin Thomas either. I know he, his players seem to like him, but he's just, you know, I remember he hit a shot once and a guy goes, hit it in the bunch. Bunker, go in the bunker, and he gets he throws him out. I'm like, what a wussy you yeah, are! Like, yeah, on, no, I, I agree. <laughs> and for some reason, Justin uh, Justin Thomas, yeah. and Tiger Woods all of a sudden become a yeah, couple. I mean, yeah. he's like always at his house, and yeah. they're always playing golf together. And I don't know, something weird. Uh, okay, something so weird's a, going on. Here's well, another guy. One thing, JT yep. kind of teaches Tiger's son. Yeah, yeah, they're Charlie. very close. Yeah. Charlie, they're very yeah. close. So I look at a guy like Patrick Cantley or Victor Hovland. These are guys that are twenty-two to one. Two very good young players. Very good. Uh, the only issue I have with Hovland is at times he really struggles with his short game. Uh, Patrick Cantley is as solid as they come. Very. That's why solid. they call him Patty Ice. Uh, I could see Cantley. I'd, let me put it to you this way: If Scotty Scheffler or Patrick Cantley are not in contention on a Sunday afternoon, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, uh, is it yeah. Patty Ice? I thought it was Patty Cake. <laughs> it could be, uh, but uh, but uh, he's he's a great player. And then I look at some other guys, and I'm shocked that listen. I know Dustin Johnson has always lingered around the best yeah. player in the world, but he has yeah. really struggled. I think he's having too much fun with Paulina Gretzky. There, these days. How could you have too much fun? Yeah. I mean, when he was off tour and everybody <laughs> thought he was on drugs and all yeah, that yeah. stuff, I said on air, I said no, 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 no. I said the only thing he's addicted to. <laughs> Is Viagra. Right. If you're going around with Paulina, come on. You see, I mean, you're running for governor, yeah. and you see what you're stuck with now. We're talking about I Viagra. Can, now I need a disclaimer. <laughs> Fair enough. It's, um, a, it's a hard subject to talk about. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but we'll talk about Carson <laughs> okay. City later, though, Doc. So I've never been to Augusta National before. Uh, one day I'll love to be there. Uh, yeah, it's but, awesome. Uh, it's, uh, it's a fun course. Uh, it's one of the nicest golf courses Without on the planet. Without a doubt. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty special. It's pretty uh, spectacular. Uh, I look at a guy that's an interesting story in Bryson DeChambeau, uh, and and the the issues he's had with Brooks Kepka. Can I just say this? Did you see the video of Brooks Kepka slapping the phone out of that the phone out of the guy's hand? Yeah. It's a it's a video. It was on TMZ. Yeah. Uh, the guy had just beat John Rahm in a in a match play tournament, and the guy didn't put the camera right in his face. He's like a good ten feet away. Right. Hey, Brooks, congratulations. Brooks Kepka grabs the phone right. and says, "Get that out of my face," or something. Yeah. Why is Brooks Kepka uh, suspended by the PGA Tour? He's yeah. such a jerk. He is. Yeah. He is. That's not right. Yeah. That's not right. And one time, this is going to happen to a fan, and I'm telling you, it's going to get physical. He's going to get it physical could. one time. You know, he, he, he plays off this big, tough guy. Right. Uh, and I'm like, why isn't – and I look at Bryson DeChambeau, and I've spent a lot of time around DeChambeau. I interviewed him, and I uh, hung out with him a little bit in the long drive competition right. in Mesquite. Let me tell you something about this guy. Is he a little weird? Yes. yes. Does he do things differently than everybody else? Yes. Yes. But he is not a bad guy. He's not. Okay? I, I met him the first time he played uh, at a tour event at TBC uh, yeah. Summerlin, uh, the Shriners, and he was on the putting green, takes, and I was standing next to his mother. Yeah. His mother is absolutely fantastic. He came That's over. She nice. introduced me. 
after he won the event, he hung around for hours signing autographs. He is so good with the fans. He is, yeah. Bryson DeChambeau is so good with the fans. He's so patient. And he's, and he's is he a little strange? Yes. Yes. Brooks Koepka is just a jerk. He's just yeah. a jerk. You know, and, you know, I will I will root for DeChambeau because I know he's a decent person. Absolutely. I will never root for Brooks yeah. Koepka. He's an a-hole. He's yeah. just a bad guy. You know, uh, just a side note, uh, Doc, uh, Bryson and I went to the same high school. It, you know, obviously it's about different eight years. years. Yeah, different. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you talk about small. Everybody knew each other. I yeah. mean, our high school was so small that uh, uh, drivers ed and sex education were taught in the same car. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, I think it's going to be a fun week. I'm really, it is going to be. A I'm ball. really, I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, all eyes are going to be on Tiger. Yeah. Uh, so if he tees off, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't. What's the time in Georgia right now? If he tees off at 10.38, does that mean it's 7.38 a.m. our time? Do I get yeah. that I right? Think right. Okay. I think they're Eastern Standard so Time. So by, yeah. by the time his round is over, I'll be just starting probably to get on the air. So we'll be able to, I'll be able to watch him play. I, that's good, actually. I can't do two things at the same time. I know you do, Dennis, in yeah. your sex life, but I can't do that. <laughs> uh, anyway, Dennis, I do appreciate you being here. This has been uh, a I lot love of fun. It. I want to give Doc an opportunity to give out uh, social media, how to donate to his campaign, if I may. Again, he's William Doc. Doc Walls, and he's running for governor of the great state of Nevada. Doc, go ahead and give out that information yeah, before we run out of time. Doc Walls, D-O-C-K, and you can find me at WallsForGov, W-A-L-L-S-F-O-R-G-O-V.com. Cool. And, and Dennis, what are you running for? How come you're not running for anything? I'm running away from uh, from a couple of people. And like <laughs> I say, I, I tip my hat to you guys, Doc, because yeah. anytime you get into politics campaigning, yeah. It's a long road. It's a tough road. You're going 24-7. You're raising money. I suspect I'll see you at the county fair this weekend, right, out in Logandale? Yeah, you probably Dennis, we only have like three minutes, but didn't you run into Joey Gilbert yesterday? What did he say about me? Uh... He said, "Oh yeah, that Brian guy. You got to tell him he learns. He he needs to learn how to be nice to people. Yeah, he's yeah. gruff. Yeah, okay. And he's rough. I yeah. said, that's I'm rough. Bri- that's yeah. Brian. Yeah. Tell tell him I said Joey needs to learn how to not cheat in, in in his profession like he cheated when he was a professional fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, rough, illegal drugs. Yeah. The worst thing I'll do is call somebody a right wing buffoon or a moron. This is the guy who uh, supports Donald Trump. A guy who cheated. Well, I'm sorry, Dennis. I know you're a Trump supporter too. But anyway, you know where I'm going with that. I know." <laughs> so yeah. stop it with oh be nice to people and then you vote for the insulter in chief these people are such hypocrites i admit it i'm not always nice to people if somebody says covid is Gee, a hoax I'm shocked. yeah I'm, you know what i tell it like it is and some people don't like that and if, if you don't like it then screw you i don't care this is who i am i respect you if you respect me even if we disagree but the earth is not flat Trump didn't win the election, and COVID is real. I mean, what do you want me to say, folks? You, you had on my very dear friend yesterday. Who's that? Sherelle. She's very nice. Oh, she's a sweetheart. I, I, please tell me you haven't hit on her. Please tell uh, me. She's married, but okay. her husband's okay. a good guy. But she's, You didn't answer she's, my question. No, she's. Uh, uh, I'm taking the fifth. <laughs> See, that's why I love Dennis. That's why I love Dennis. Uh, I'm going to say the answer was yes. I'm just going to go with that one. But that's okay. No, no. In all seriousness, she's, she's, she's very great. nice. She's great. She's very smart. She's very well-spoken. Works 
her, she cares. She, she cares. cares. Works and even out. though we disagree on a couple fundamental issues, I have a, I have respect for her. She you said know. to say hello. I saw her last oh, night I appreciate at the that. event. She yeah. said to she's say hello. She's very nice. Yeah. And, and she's welcome back in studio anytime, uh, just as long as you're not here, because I'm going to have Thank to keep you. you away from her. That's all. That's Thank all. you. <laughs> yeah, Doc and I are going to talk about teeing it up after the show. <laughs> right. Well, we, we all need to do that. Yeah, we need to do that. We all need I would love to do that. That would be that would be a fun round of golf. Doc, I appreciate you being here. It's a pleasure. You are a breath of fresh air as well. I, I enjoy very, very talking nice. to reasonable, intelligent people. Sorry, Dennis, you're out of this conversation. Thank you. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Dennis, I appreciate you being here. Anytime. As well. Any, uh, I love it. Can't wait. Can't wait. Who wins the Masters? Quick. Give me it. Oh, give me it. Give me it. Uh, give me it. Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland. Tiger Woods. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, uh, oh boy, Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm. I gotta Good go pick. Good pick. Yeah, got to do it. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Hey, we're going to have fun tomorrow. Because a big Trump supporter who's into the election fraud stuff, Stavros Anthony, is going to be joining me in studio. Oh, I might need a referee in the middle of us. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun, folks. All right. It's been a, it's been a wrap. Uh, appreciate all my guests for coming in today. And we will join you tomorrow, same time, same place, noon to 2. Have a great day, everybody.